Hi, everyone. Welcome back to T-10. This is the show with 10-minute takes on the future of education and healthcare. And today I am joined by Vanessa Evans, who's the Senior Manager of Advocacy and Communities at Fresenius. Vanessa, it's so good to have you on and welcome. Thank you so much, Tim. Pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. I know we, we go back a ways. Um, I would love to have you start by kind of describing your role at Fresenius, especially around advocacy and communities. Sure. Uh, so my role really entails bringing the patient voice. And we do that by having a team of patient advocates who are either former or current home dialysis patients. Um, they could be transplanted now, or they could be a care partner of somebody that was on dialysis. And the goal of our team, or I'd like to say the mission of our team is to share their own personal stories and experiences with their journey regarding home dialysis to really inspire, educate, and elevate other people to start thinking about the possibilities of doing dialysis at home. I love that. First of all, what an incredible mission. Um, and education is squarely within your mission, which is obviously where we connect. Um, I would love for you to kind of talk us through examples. So where is this happening? How are these patients and advocates kind of connecting? And what are the topics that, uh, that they often are kind of talking through? Sure, this is great. So, you know, our advocates really do a variety of, of events, if you will. Uh, they will go into a dialysis clinic and they will speak with patients and staff because it's actually really important also for the staff to hear their experiences and just know that everybody's story is a little different. So they might go into a clinic and, and speak with patients and staff and share their journey. Um, we, we have advocates also that will go and they'll speak virtually over the phone. We're definitely in a new world right now where it might not be possible to go in person. And by the way, they're patients, so they want to be very careful. And we always want to be careful and protect our, our team. So we do a lot of virtual events where they're speaking to patients and, and staff. We'll speak with uh, fellows, you know, new nephrology fellows that are learning the ropes about dialysis. Uh, we also do a fun event where we actually have an RV so that goes around to different clinics and different events. Actually, they're going to be at the NKF event in Ohio in June. And one of the patients will be dialyzing live in the RV. And it's an opportunity for the population to uh, come on the RV. You know, we do it safely. Everybody would be wearing masks. Um, but they come on the RV. They can see the machine. They can start to visualize, like, is this something that I might be able to do? They can speak with a live patient, they can speak with the, the care partner of the patient, there's clinical staff on board as well. So it really gives an opportunity to have a well-rounded educational experience. We're hearing from the patient, but also from clinicians. And so that way, a patient that might think, oh, I don't know if I can do this, right? This, this might be too much for me. But once you kind of see it and visualize it, it really gives a little bit more of an opportunity to think about how this could maybe fit into your lifestyle. So we really do all kinds of educational events that fit the needs of our patients and their their families, because that's an important piece as well. I, I'm sure, I love that you, you kind of brought that, that piece in. I imagine, and I, if you wouldn't mind, the, the piece about patients not necessarily being able to visualize themselves doing this, that's why I think the RV is such a wonderful idea. Uh, what are some of those 
challenges or barriers that you often hear about or your advocates are hearing when they're talking to patients that they kind of hone in on? I'm sure there's a, a list that uh, you hear often from patients. Yeah, I mean, there's probably, you know, the top five list, um, whether we like it or not. I would say the first one when it comes to home hemodialysis, and hemo means blood, so this this would be with, with blood, is cannulation, right? So patients are often very fearful of putting in needles or dealing with any kind of blood. And so they think that they need to be a professional. Um, they worry about doing it. Uh, and you know, what if there's an emergency or something happens? So I would say that that cannulation piece is probably the first piece that can be pretty frightening to a patient. Um, the, the second piece is really just understanding of bringing a machinery at home what does that look like in terms of, and we talked a little bit about this, but the visual of it, they, they might have a vision that it's a big machine and it's not, or what do the supplies look like? They might say, well, you know, I don't have the space for supplies or I don't want it taking up part of my home. And so really to be able to see that visual of it, especially with the RV where they're out on the road sometimes for a month or two and they're storing supplies in kind of a limited space, you know, you get to see that maybe it's not as much as I actually thought it was. And mind you, everybody's prescription is going to vary. So it, it will obviously it will obviously depend on what your prescription is. But just kind of understanding what that's going to look like for you is important. And then I would say, you know, the the third one um, that a lot of patients will talk about is they'll say, well, I don't I don't want to bring dialysis home. So it's not even necessarily about the supplies or the cannulation, but they almost want to forget that they are a dialysis patient. So they like the idea of just checking into a clinic. And then when you come home, you know, you don't have to think about it anymore. And I, I understand that, you know, I really, I really do understand that. But what I think is important for the patient to understand is that your kidneys work seven days a week. 24 hours a day. And while it's wonderful to, to have these supportive clinics, because we know how supportive and caring and nurturing they are, it's also important to think about your, your life holistically. What is it going to look like between now and the next 25 years? Because once you become a kidney patient, you really are a kidney patient for life. So you might end up having a transplant, which is wonderful, but that is what we consider another modality. And so you you want to think about how are you going to thrive being a dialysis patient and so doing dialysis at home more often or more frequently really can sometimes help you live more of a normal life because you're doing something that your organ does you know 24 hours a day seven days a week when you're doing it in center it might not be enough for you right and so understanding that doing it at home might help that and having those conversations with patients to understand that can be challenging um, because they, they don't want to bring it home. They want to just kind of check in, check out and, and forget about it. And so to learn to maybe take on a little more of the responsibility sometimes is a difficult conversation. Yeah, sure. The, the framing of thinking of it as a, a long term vision, you know, the next 20 years and thriving at home is just such a, a fascinating cool concept, especially when you're thinking about the transition of care and how big of a decision that is. Uh, when you when you think about patients who have done successfully transitioned to home, uh, say home hemodialysis in this case, 
and they are thriving, what are some of the benefits that they would describe around things that maybe they didn't expect or things that are going really well for them that um, just kind of stick out to them once they've made that successful transition? Sure. You know, so some of the things that that we hear upon our, our team, and again, this is everybody's own personal experience, and I can share, Tim, as you know, I'm, I'm a patient myself, so I can share my own personal experience. You know, many times, and, and myself, I was able to get off some of the blood pressure pills uh, that I had to be on when I was doing in center, and that I was able to change by doing more frequent therapy for me. Uh, a more liberal diet. And I think the biggest change for me was that I, I really felt like I had more energy. And because I had this newfound more energy, I was able to participate more in family activities and go from maybe a part-time job to a full-time job and really do many things that in the past, when you're in center, you really take a lot of that time to driving in center, getting on the machine, doing your treatment, you know, getting off the machine, driving home. So while my treatment time might have been three hours, I was really dedicating probably five or six hours of my day, three days a week, you know, to doing a treatment. So while I do it more frequently now at home, because I am, I am, um, I benefit from doing more frequent therapy. I do it now probably five days a week is what my prescription is. But what I, what I see is that I just have more energy. I work it into my life with my schedule. As you know, Tim, I work full time, you know, working with this big advocate team, doing some really amazing events. And I hope really changing the trajectory of patients' life to learn more about home. But I also dialyze and I'm able to do that at home in the comfort of my own home under my schedule. And I have never been happier to be a home patient, particularly with the climate of, of COVID and where we've been these past you know couple of years. Yeah, it's, thank you for sharing. I love that, that point you're making here and uh, just such an amazing voice for the, the, the patient community. So I appreciate that. Yeah, the last question I kind of want to wrap up with here, you mentioned earlier and just now about COVID kind of changing uh, of course, the dynamics of how we deliver care, but how we talk about those options and where we talk about those options. Um, as you think about kind of over the long term, so the two horizons I'd be curious about, say the next 12 to 18 months, and then the next 10, 20 years, like you ask patients to think on, where are you most optimistic when it comes to education in patient advocacy in communities? Is there any kind of uh, initiative or technology? Um, where you think there's a lot of hope and potential for, for patients and the kind of role that you see, the lens you see through. Yeah, so I'm going to take this kind of in two parts. So first, I'm going to say that I'm very proud of the work um, that we do at Fresenius with, with patients because one of the things that we do do is have a patient advocate board, a patient advisory board, so a PAB. And that really means that the, the voice of the patient or the VOC is part of everything that we do. And that includes, you know, products, innovation, you know, customer service, tech support, all these things. And really understanding like what is important to patient and how we can support the patient. And when I think about, you know, the... I think about the growth that we're looking to do and the products that can come down the line I really know that the voice of the patient is being heard 
And I'm, I'm really most proud of that because that's a big deal. We're, we're the consumer, we're the customer, and it's important to understand you know, what, what are the likes, what are the dislikes, what are the challenge points, what's working and what's not working. So I wanna start by saying that, that I'm really proud of that. I also feel that as a patient myself, um, an advocate myself in this community, I'm really overjoyed by all the momentum that is being put into the kidney community. There is great momentum with education in terms of you know health literacy, um, disparities in education. I, I think that CMS is really taking a look at this to, to understand like where are the gaps? And I know that we are looking at it as well. Like where are the gaps in education? Where can we make sure that the patients and their families are getting the education that they need so that they can make the right decision for them because it is a journey and over time things may change. What, what you might need now might be differently in the future. And then lastly, I would just say that with that lens in kind of, you know, health literacy and education, there's also kind of a, a spark in innovation. And I do see a lot more groups getting involved. And as a patient myself, that gives me a lot of hope on what might come down the line. So, you know, improvement in products and uh, perhaps a, a different look at transplant, whether that's artificial or xeno, you know, there there's a lot of hope to maybe a book that was closed for a while. And I, I see it reopened and a lot of innovation. And I think that patients are really becoming part of the journey and you know wanting to help create the future where is behind before it might have been that they took a back seat and what i see is an engaged community that's only becoming more engaged and that gives me really a lot of pride and a lot of hope i love that and it, it must be just such an amazing feeling for you in, in your seat and obviously as a patient as an advocate in the community within an organization that is helping shaping how this will look and interacting with these uh, patients and technology. So I thank you so much for, for coming on today. And I think before we, before we wrap up, I know you yourself are a host of Business with Vanessa. Uh, I would love for you to share how people can get in touch with you or learn more about the work you do. What is the best place for, for someone to find you listening? Well, that's great. Thanks for the little shout out plug. Of course. Um, I do have a I do have a podcast that that comes out quarterly. It's called Visits with Vanessa, like you just said. And you actually can um, just ask your your Apple device or your smart device um, to play the podcast Visits with Vanessa and, and it would come up and should come up. Um, and you can always, you know, reach out to me um, via social media. You can look me up on LinkedIn and Vanessa Evans. And I'm always happy to connect with people and learn more about programs that they're doing and see if our advocates can be of any help. So thanks, Tim. Vanessa, so good having you on. Always great to see you and catch up. And thank you again for, for being a guest on the show. Thanks, Tim. I really enjoyed coming, chatting with you today. Same here. Thanks.